0: If you're leaving money on the table, you're not maximizing the value that you can bring to your clients, and you're not doing yourself any favors. You're definitely leaving money on the table if you're not doing these six things. Hey, I'm Sean. I'm obsessed with business, marketing, and growth. I've created this podcast to share the ideas, knowledge, and tools I've gathered over a career of helping businesses thrive. If you're an ambitious business owner or an entrepreneur in the making looking to create a business that loves you back, welcome to The Growth Code. So maybe you missed out on a deal, you weren't able to upsell, maybe you undercharged but you could have raised your prices, or maybe you left money on the table because you simply didn't follow up. Working with so many business owners who have soul, big, beautiful values, full of integrity... I know that leaving money on the table is a real problem. Feeling a little defeated and scantily marketing yourself because you don't want to be a bother to people is a real problem. Especially if you're getting by and living the feast and famine roller coaster. I've already covered a fair bit on the topic of pricing, raising your prices and breaking that boom and bust cycle. But I want to talk to you about the money you're leaving on the table now. And I'm not talking about the hardcore sense of negotiations and showing weakness if you don't hardball your sales. I'm talking about the money you're leaving on the table because you're not fully selling yourself and you're not following up. For a moment, I'm assuming that you have your value ladder, your sales process zipped up. I don't want to talk about rapport, objections, closing. This is about the follow up. Oh, by the way, your value ladder should be designed to maximise what you can do to solve problems for your clients along the ladder, starting with low ticket and moving up to your high ticket offers. And never underestimate the power of a micro-offer to get someone in the door. If you want more on this, maybe I'll do a whole nother piece on it. Building out a value ladder for your business is super effective, so let me know. Follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. You've heard the phrase, the fortunes are in the follow-up. You know this, but are you doing it? When I first start working with a new client, one of the first places we go is to find quick wins, and that's often in the follow-up. For reasons that are plenty, there's a hesitancy to follow-up, a feeling that you're bothering people, maybe just a fear, or maybe you just haven't figured it out yet. In a conversation this week with a client, he said, I haven't followed up because I figured if he wanted the project, he'd have contacted me. Don't! I'm going to share a real-life example to show you why this way of thinking is not serving you. I had a new business inquiry, an inbound inquiry to my business in February this year. We met online, then we had a face-to-face. I put a lot of work into the proposal. We had a follow-up meeting that was booked, rescheduled, booked, rescheduled, missed, missed. And then I got busy and it fell off my radar. After a couple of weeks, I thought it was too awkward to follow up because so much time had gone, gone on. I had a word with myself, told myself what I tell my clients, and I followed up. Guess what? He had been super busy and he forgot, so he thought, oh well, I'll wait for Sean to follow up. His exact words. I would have left a serious chunk of change on the table if I hadn't followed up. It's all systems go, and boy, I'm glad I followed up. You've put all this effort into generating leads, having discovery calls, talking to business owners to find their needs, and in some cases, putting together really elaborate proposals. Your job isn't done and dusted once you've pressed send. You have to follow up to follow through. Your follow-up is the final step to the sale, and please don't think you can follow up once and that's it, tick, you're done. Your follow-up process needs to be exceptional. It needs to continue positioning you as the expert you can guide your potential client through the problem that you're solving for them. And your follow-up process needs to continue adding value. These are six success factors to follow up. Number one, keep adding value. What do I mean? After your sales meeting or discovery call, your potential client is hopefully enthused and... You're excited too. You don't want that to cool off. Follow up with an email as soon as you get back to the office with a thank you, and if possible, keep adding value. Example. I had a face-to-face meeting with a potential new client this week. During the meeting, you're gathering as much as you can. I learned their sales team, sales team aren't having quite that much success with LinkedIn, so I offered to share some tips and a training I'd recorded anyway. I got right back and thanked them for the meeting and popped over the free training. Number two, keep the loop open. If you've built rapport with your prospect, you've learned something about them. Maybe they've told you about a trip, something about their family or something personal. It makes a great impression if you can reference the details in your follow-up and really show that you care. I have too many examples on this topic, but you want to keep the loop open. By someone saying that they love motorbikes, I might suggest in our next call I share a story about the time I met John McGuinness at the Isle of Man TT. Keeping the loop open, you've planted the seed that we're going to speak again. Number three, provide what they need to make a decision. As you've left the meeting, the discovery call, at times prospects need to go away and think about things internally or discuss things with team members. Make sure you follow up. And position your message with whatever your potential client needs to believe to make a decision. Whatever that is will be different and it's something to ask your team so you can workshop this out. What does your prospect need to believe to make a decision to work with you? Example. On a coaching call last week with a client, we were talking about the follow-up calls. One of my client's prospects said on the call, well, why should we do this with you and not and do this externally and not do it in-house. Boom. That's gold right there. If we put together a QA and a sheet or a fact sheet, a document with the pros and cons of contracting out their particular service versus doing it in-house and position all the benefits as, and use this as a tool in the follow-up stages, I don't need to tell you how that's going to leverage a competitive edge. Number four, make it really personal. I remember once, my uncle Alistair, a hugely successful businessman, saying that your best clients should be best friends. You break bread together, and he said that all his best clients had been to his home. Ever since he said that to me, I shifted to think about sales as making friends. It's no longer a numbers game, but a people game. Those shifts were the moments that I started to love sales. Believe it or not, Sales wasn't always my favourite thing, and I struggled a lot. It wasn't in my DNA, and I had to break through lots of barriers. If I can do it, you can too. I've been to clients' weddings, their kids' 18th birthday parties, their christenings. I'm such great friends with one client that we actually bought his house from him, and have planned a holiday together. Isn't that a whole lot more fun than focusing on a close? I think so. Of course, if you have hundreds and hundreds of clients, you're not going to be besties with everyone, but the mindset shift is a game changer. Number five, actually follow up. Getting practical for a moment, you actually need to follow up. You need to have a systematic process for following up with prospects, have it mapped out, have it scripted out, have it diarized, and actually get it done. If you need help with the script, shoot me a DM and I can hook you up but your sales process after a discovery call or meeting should have a minimum of eight high-value touch points. A thank you after the meeting, a call to follow up, a piece of high-value content, another email or a letter, and anything else that can help them where they are now take a step towards their goal. Movement creates momentum, and when you have momentum, you'll pretty much be unstoppable. So get your client or give your client something to take the first step. And you don't have to stick to usual things like emails. Invite your prospect to a webinar. It can be something physical, sending them a book you recommended when you were chatting. Whatever it might be, be creative, personal, but do the follow-up. My husband was once working for a large construction firm, and a potential supplier took him and his team out to the York races for a day. That was years ago, and he still talks about it and still talks about that company. I know what you're going to say. Sometimes there's bribery and corruption rules and you can't be seen as sending gifts. That's fine, but get creative. Maybe if you've got a prospect that you really want to speak to, you can send his wife a gift. Whatever it is, just think outside the box. If you are resourceful, there's always a way. And if it means enough to you, you'll find a way. Number six. Be consistent, be persistent. If I can leave you with a parting thought, it's this. You need to be consistent in your follow-up, determined and persistent. Until you get a no, which is another conversation, you have to keep at it, become obsessed with it, persistent and determined. Sure, you might get to a point where you've exhausted all avenues, but you definitely want to find out if a client didn't go ahead and what the reasons were, so you can close it out and work on things to improve. So here's my question to you. Is it possible that you could spend 30 minutes every two days or 90 minutes a week dedicated to follow-up? If I told you the size of that deal on the example earlier, you'd absolutely find 90 minutes a week to create a follow-up process, script it out, put it into motion. So what are you waiting for? If you keep adding value, you're making friends, not sales, and you're guiding your prospect to make the right decision for their business, well, in my book, that's the right thing to do. It's not sleazy sales tactics, spamming people or forcing them to get their credit card out. I hope that helps. And if you've had any limiting beliefs around the topic or follow up or leaving money on the table, let me know if I can help you break those down. High five. You've been listening to The Growth Code. If you want to join a group, a new crew to bounce ideas off, more content and insights to help you navigate this wonderful, crazy journey of being a business owner, then come and join me on The Growth Code Facebook group. I'll see you there.